Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. to help you accomplish just that i am herms on twitter at herms nfl joined as always by the world is a vampire say hello yep. the world is a vampire the world is a vampire you know billy corgan got it right what can i say um broken clock is wrong at least once a day i guess um i don't know man yeets and greets i just like ugh. Yeah, this week's already a mess I I completely agree with you, man. And like something that we were saying before we even hit the record button is just like, God, these injuries. Like, yeah. I feel like we say this every year. And no, it's worse but, this year. Like, it's worse yeah. this year. <laughs> oh, God. It's objectively worse this year. The way the game is being played, the way that practices are being done, COVID, I don't know what, but something is contributing. Health for these players is not what it used to be. I'd love to see the data that proves me wrong, but I don't. I don't think I am wrong. I think that the data would probably back it up. Yeah, and you know that'll be something that we can you know potentially look into in the off season. But uh, for now, we got some other stuff we got to do. You know what I mean? And uh, also, other than being known for the world as a vampire, you may also know him as McLateral on Twitter at McLateralFF. We are the Lateral Duo at the Lateral FF on Twitter. We got a website www.thelateralff.com. Uh, do you want to get into our soapbox and just talk about whatever? Nah, it's been a weird day. So let's just get into it. All right, fair enough. Uh, I guess my only thing would just be a shout out uh, cheesy Christmas movies because I guess they're fun and they distract you from the terrors of real life. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I now have a soapbox. Um, disregard that. Christmas movies suck. I want no part of that endorsement. <laughs> they are the worst. The only reason Die Hard should be a Christmas movie is so that we actually have one good Christmas movie. Like, that's it. Oh, come on, man. Home Alone 2. No. Jingle actually, all I the just, way. I just watched Home Alone 2. It was eh. Um, and honestly, it had nothing to do with the Trump cameo. Like, it's, oh, it's, one yeah. better, no, no, no. it's one of the better acted parts of the movie, quite frankly. Um, no, what about like, Jingle Home All Alone the Way? Eh. Jingle All the Way. Uh, yeah, not great. There's there's some humor in it. You like that Arnold's in it, but like literally replace Arnold Schwarzenegger with a competent actor, and you like the movie way less. You like that movie because Arnold is in it, and that's just I not mean, a good movie. You're not wrong, because I mean, anybody else delivering those odds like, I must get the Turbo Man doll for my son, Jamie. Yeah. Like, there's nobody, but yeah. I don't know. There's there's it's... a reason that um, <laughs> ju- I think it's Justin Roiland, the guy from Rick and Morty. He does yeah. another show called Solar Opposites. Uh, their holiday special is literally a like 20 to 30 minute skewering 
of Jingle All the Way. That's oh, all it man. is. And you all know right. what? They had some valid points. You know what? I have not yet seen it, but I'm just going to go ahead and I say that's Christmas our official music. recommendation. Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah, so the the true endorsements. That episode of Solar Opposites, because it sounds fantastic, and also, fuck Christmas I've music. I've, I've enjoyed Solar Opposites. It's been a fun show. I like animation. So, you know, it's in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. But, yeah, fuck Christmas music, and fuck it's all the of these injuries, man. This is just some wild shit. And honestly, it really starts with the Thursday night football game. I mean, tonight we're going to see the New Orleans Saints, some of them, the Dallas Cowboys, some of them, how many of them, who knows. But here's what we know recording on Wednesday. You're going to know more than us now, <laughs> but anyway, Cedric Wilson out for the Cowboys, Samari Cooper questionable. We'll see about that. And then Made as far the as the Saints yeah. So, oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Made That's encouraging. As far as I'm aware. All right. So you just keep your eyes on that for sure. You don't want to find yourself in a position where you really need to win oh, in some sort they, of a larger tournament also, like Scott Fishbowl and accidentally start Amari Cooper because you didn't know he had COVID still. They, they activated <laughs> him from the list. Okay. Well, that's encouraging. I did also right. see that. So he's trending in the right direction. Who knows? Like, you know, there was that cough that kind of just got ignored. Didn't even really get explained away. It just got ignored. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, do we need to get into the Cowboys much? I think, uh, well, okay, actually. Here's, I think, the interesting thing with the Cowboys, because I feel like you're just going to play the wide receivers that you have, right? Like, even if the Saints maybe are a good matchup, maybe they're a bad matchup. Depends week to week. But, like, if you have one of those three guys, you're playing them. If you have Dalton Schultz, you're playing them. If you have Dak, you're playing them. However, you probably are playing these two guys, but what are you anticipating for the breakdown between Zeke and Pollard? So as far as I've been aware of tracking that situation, yeah. owner Jerry Jones wants to do one thing, but the coaching staff seems to want to do another. Now, as far as the health of both players go, Nothing is wrong with Tony Pollard that I was aware of. The only reason I mentioned the word health is because yeah. Ezekiel Elliott has been dealing with a few knocks here and there, but he has we practiced think. full. Yeah, he's practiced fully this entire week. You know, like again, today's injury report is going to tell you more than we know because you're listening in the future. But as far as I'm aware, both players are going to be out there. So, I mean, gosh, it. Fuck, for it being against such a difficult defense, although, for, albeit for without worth, Marcus Davenport, that's going to help a lot, but damn. For what it's worth, oh. Ezekiel Elliott not on the injury report as of this taping. Yeah, so, you know, just everything's good to go. Yeah. It's a, but do you it's, think again, that they actually, like, pump the brakes on him a little? Do you think Pollard sees more work? Or is Pollard already seeing enough work that you're probably playing him anyway, and so the conversation's kind of irrelevant? I think given the nature of the tough matchup, even without Marcus Davenport, the Saints are still really good at stopping the run for the most part, if not slowing it down a lot. I would feel a little better about playing Ezekiel Elliott specifically this week, but for the rest of the season going forward, I think it becomes a real discussion as their schedule continues to lighten up. Okay. That's where I'm at for this specifically, but the larger question moving forward, dear God, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's so difficult. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Okay. 
Uh, want to move on to New Orleans? Yeah, we got some fun stuff going on for New Orleans, man. Um, so, like I said, uh, defensive end Marcus Davenport going to be out. That you know, it has an impact on the viability of Cowboys offensive players. But as far as the Saints' offense, um, they got two offensive tackles questionable for the game. One of whom being Ryan Ramchek, which not great. You don't want your former All Pro tackle to be out because. Look, he did not suit up for last week's game on Thanksgiving. And boy, was that rushing attack brutal. Now, part of that had to do with the fact that the Saints were down to Tony Jones Jr. And we are certainly expecting Mark Ingram to be back. That is very 100% happening. Alvin Kamara, though, is still up in the air. He's practiced in a limited fashion all three days this week. See what the injury report says for you currently here on Thursday right now, listening to this. But I don't feel good about Kamara playing personally as we're taping. So it's going to be a banged up offensive line. It's probably going to be Mark Ingram as the lead running back, and it's going to be Taysom Hill under center. Boom. Dropping that in there because, yeah, he's been named the starter. That's going to be wild, man. Oh gosh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't so, know what to well, do. Well, are you going to play Taysom Hill if you have him this week? The moment, and I don't care what the matchup is, the moment Taysom Hill gets a start for the New Orleans Saints, he becomes a streaming option just because he can run like a motherfucker. So yes, I would. Even though he's running like a motherfucker on a foot that was injured like a motherfucker. Yes. Yes. And by was, I mean, still is. No, still is. First, and that's Against fair to a point theoretically out. Theoretically tough defense. Again, streaming option. I would not place him with him in my top 12, but if you were really in need of a quarterback, especially with four teams on a bye, yeah, you could look for Taysom Hill. He'll probably, you know, trend better if, assuming he holds on to the job for the rest of this year and he continues to get healthy. But yeah, I mean, this is like the last week we have to deal with bye weeks, if I remember correctly. Maybe next week, not sure. But regardless, that's going to end soon. There are bye weeks next week. There's some actually, there's some important ones. Oh, jeez. Um, oh. We'll get to that when we get to week 14. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I only because there are good quarterbacks that are on bye and it takes four starters out of the equation that, yes, Taysom Hill this week, I would do it. Okay. I don't feel as good about <sighs> shit. And what do we even do about the running backs, man? Like I, that like with no Camara, I still recommend that you would play Mark Ingram. But how do if you Kamara view Mark is, Ingram? If Camara is healthy, I'm playing Camara. If Camara is not healthy, I'm playing Ingram. And I think that's all I can say with certainty. I think if Camara is playing, Ingram becomes entirely situational based on your roster. He's not a must start. I'm with you on that. And then anybody who catches the ball for the Saints, do you care? Nah, not even a little. All right. Well, there you go. That's that's Thursday for you. Now we can get into all the fun day Sunday games. We have ourselves a doozy with the New York Giants traveling to Miami to place place face play. I combine those words to play against the Miami Dolphins. Um, my biggest takeaway here, I would say is, damn, if you got Jalen Waddle, I mean, I'm sure you're feeling great <laughs> already, but yo, I just, I wanted to shout that out up top just cause like, yo, that connection between Tua and Waddle has been fire lately. 
how how do you view Waddle the rest of the season? Because like honestly, this dude's fuck. I mean, he might be. He but, was my second best wide receiver in the class going into the draft, and he is the second best wide receiver in the class. He's awesome. He's great. Jamar Chase is the only rookie I'd play ahead of him. Uh, he's a wide receiver too, rest of season for me. Honestly, God, I'd, I'd rather play Jalen Waddle than Jamar Chase for the rest of the season. Eh, but I don't know about that. Well, I mean, Jamar Chase has kind of struggled a lot lately. And has Waddle's Jamar kinda... Chase struggled, or has there been some usage issues within the Bengals offense that has started to go wheels up for Joe Mixon? Well, I don't it's think still... Jamar Chase is like dropping a ton of balls or anything. Well, it still translates into fantasy struggles, at least. And as things stand right now in PPR scoring, Jamar Chase is wide receiver eight, and Waddle is only two spots behind him at wide receiver ten. So I mean, it's a lot closer, you know. But we're uh, shout out both of those guys; they're incredible. Dolphins do have a bye week coming up. Is the only thing I'd say on that front. I'm pretty sure. Well, you look that up. I'm pretty sure they're a week fourteen bye. Yeah. So while you look into that, I will highlight some of the injuries from this game because there are plenty mostly because the New York Giants are involved. <laughs> um yes. So the Dolphins are a week 14 by. So are the Colts, Patriots and Eagles. So yeah, it's one that matters. There you go. Um so Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, who the fuck knows. And then I'm pretty sure we're going to maybe see Mike Glennon play quarterback. I'm not really excited about that now it's still up in the air there's nothing i can definitively say right now the door is still open for daniel jones to potentially work through this neck injury for the remainder of the week in practice but it would not be the craziest thing in the world to at least mentally prepare yourself for a world where mike glennon is under center which in my opinion bodes considerably better for somebody like a saquon barkley in your lineup well so that's because it's yeah, I would say Saquon Barkley is the only giant I feel comfortable starting the rest of the season. I would not play a single other giant. As far as fantasy is concerned, the Giants have become a one-player team. Yeah, I I don't I don't and care for it anymore. Not even not even good. Like, let me be clear, Saquon, you kind of have to play him. He has not done well, and I don't know that it will get better. But you kind of just have to play him. But this is a team in a full rebuild. They are going to fire everyone at the end of the season. Daniel Jones will not be back. Like, it, Saquon's the only piece I trust. And trust is yeah. a strong word. Yeah, and, you know, he's somebody that I had mentioned as a trade deadline asset, not because of any sort of certain stability, but just because even with his own injury concerns, the thing he has going for him is the easy schedule, which kind of goes with what you're saying you kind of have to do it because you have to do it. And thankfully the schedule ain't that bad, including this week, but by no means is this a ringing endorsement of the player. I still don't view him as an RB one like you. I we view him as an RB two. Isn't bad. The dolphins have been one of the better defenses over the past couple of weeks. They're improving. They really are, man. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, as far as the dolphins go, I mean, I really think that you're considering Tua Tonga-Vailoa as a streaming option. I don't know that I would place him within my top 12, but somebody you could consider. Um, obviously, Jalen Waddle. I probably feel decent about Mike Gusecki. And um, also, I talked to our pal, uh, Troy King, over at Yahoo, 
he does not seem to think that, uh, and I'm just kind of throwing this out there for people who, you know, maybe had the same question that I did because that's why I asked him. Oh, oh, can he, I, can I guess this before you even say it? He does not seem to think that Philip Lindsay's going to matter. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. It's so, because he won't. Yeah. Um, yes. But I just wanted to, you know, got to reach out yeah. to my resident Dolphins guy, you know. Nope, He's totally going to more plugged but like, into that, but yeah. I am a thousand percent in agreement with him. I saw... I like Philip Lindsay. I mean, you know this story because you were there. We're literally watching Philip Lindsay as a rookie in a preseason game. And I yeah. like point at this guy and I'm just like, that guy can run. You should pay attention to that guy. And that guy was Philip Lindsay as an undrafted rookie. Um, and I saw the news that he got signed by the Dolphins and just went, eh, and moved on. Yeah, I think the, the name is certainly a lot rosier than the actual situation itself so unless you are in the deepest of leagues and i'm not even saying this to play the guy i mean i'm, I'm legitimately saying you could, you could rostering him. him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think i named the players on the dolphins that you're playing in your lineups you missed one. Oh no you're, who you're playing the dst baby oh yes of course ah. dst seven on the season now Miami Dolphins. Well, that's oh, do, oh, especially if Mike Glennon plays. Well, even if Daniel Jones plays, you feel good about it. But especially, <laughs> yeah. Over the past Shut four up. games, DST two, only behind fellow AFC East team New England Patriots. I mean, that's pretty good company to be in, if you ask me. I feel pretty good about what we said about that game. If you have any other final notes, go for it. If not, we've got a fun divisional matchup between the Colts and the surprisingly not horrible Houston Texans, but they are still very They're bad. They're two and nine. They, they, they are not. They are better than we thought they were, but we have to remember we thought I'm giving they were them. the worst team we'd ever see. That's why I'm giving them credit. You know what I mean? Like, of I think all the bad teams, they're pretty good <laughs> i think surprisingly not horrible is not the qualifier i would use to describe the texans they're still unsurprisingly very horrible it's just surprising that they've won a game yeah i mean they they've 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 done they've done well relative to expectations but um as far as their health goes because there's a lot of injury stuff to discuss here uh, i'll just go over the fantasy relevant names uh brandon cooks feeling a little ill didn't practice on wednesday obviously you're going to want to track that situation uh david johnson also felt a little ill also had a little bit of a thigh issue also didn't practice on wednesday keep an eye on that as well and then for the colts i mean i don't know we've had a couple you know members of the offensive line a very key part of their success as a team, not really doing a whole lot because they're banged up. Center Ryan Kelly with his knee, Quentin Nelson with the ankle, and Eric Fisher limited with a knee injury. That's not great. And also, uh, former uh, yo boy, a.k.a. former 49er, uh, DeForest Buckner, I really don't think he's playing this week. This dude, I mean, he's fight. he's been fighting an uphill battle all week. Even Frank Reich said they're probably not going to know until later in the week. And as the time you're listening to this, this is the later in the week he was talking about in terms of gauging his availability. That's the health of the players involved in this game. Now for the Texans, especially now that we know Brandon Cook's feeling a little sick, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, who on the Texans are you interested in playing? Nobody. <laughs> 
I, I would say yeah. if you're in a very deep league, you could consider Nico Collins. Um, but Indianapolis's defense isn't bad. Like I just I'd stay away. I I would tend to agree with you there. I don't have anything else to add to that. Then as far as the Colts go, you're um, gonna Yeah, you're gonna play Jonathan Taylor no matter how healthy the line is. It's just gonna be a little unfortunate. I don't even know that it matters at this point. I mean, it is the Texans. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Carson Wentz. I'm playing Jonathan Taylor. I'm playing Michael Pittman Jr. And uh, if I'm feeling frisky, I'll play T.Y. Hilton. Just because he plays really well against the Texans. That is very true. Gosh, and for those of you who don't remember, go back to the end of last season. You know, it took T.Y. Hilton a while to get going, but when he really reemerged at the end of the year, two elite performances against Houston and even his career, you know, just like, you know, nothing he's saying goes against the truth. All right. Yep. I feel like the, you know, these are pretty easy ones so far. Nothing, a whole lot to get into, but this game. Oh boy. Okay. This is where, you know, things are going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to wade through some shit here. So, and also just fair warning, if this episode is slightly longer than normal, it's because of the circumstances of the injuries in the NFL don't yell at us. Uh, the Vikings and the Lions. A game normally headlined by two incredibly talented running backs. But not this time. <laughs> so, uh, uh, The Vikings will be headlined by a very talented running back. Thank you very much. Kenny Ngamu is awesome. I mean, he's not even the, he's not even the, the he starter guy. He will be. No, he won't. Don't he will be. Oh, God. He's he's not, he's, for the record, he won't be against the Lions, but he will get some work, I think. And Definitely worth a good stash. When he gets some work, I think. So he's just somewhat, honestly, like, it's a little more of a dynasty move, I think. I would want to start putting him on some dynasty rosters, just looking forward. Because who's to say that, Madison would be the backup next year. Uh, but Madison will definitely get the start this week. Yes, I I agree. Um, what he does with that, who knows? It's the Lions. In theory, this week, he should be able to do fine. Though, there would be the other reason. Maybe, like, you know, and got, they, like, give him some work because it's the Lions and they've already got it in hand, like, after the first half. It's possible, but I mean, so far this season, any time that Madison has been handed a start, he's scored over 20 fantasy points. The dude's absolutely balling. It would have to be a complete blowout. But that said, it supports the evidence for why he's a good stash. Kenny Nwangu, really going to work on that pronunciation, folks. I promise. Yeah, I feel we'll really bad. I feel horrible. I do and it's not something we're just doing flippantly because we're trying to be disrespectful or anything. It's just hard to learn names. But uh, yeah, Madison's a guaranteed top Wong 10 player for me Wong this Wong week. might be it. If that feels good. Yeah. That feels good. Kenny uh, we'll Wong verify. Okay. Yes. That's there what we're we going to roll with. If someone has a real answer for us, let us know. But that, that feels okay. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, Madison, top 10 play, just plug him in. It's going to be a great time. Um, and then the, I mean, well, you're playing the Vikings that you normally play. It's really easy to, you know, do anything against the Detroit defense you know so you know fire up kirk cousins fire up justin jefferson adam thielen 
probably a little more advantageous for somebody like a uh, Tyler Conklin this week as a tight end streamer, but this is nothing new. We've discussed this a lot this year. Um, where things I think get really interesting is for the Detroit Lions. Uh, I mean, shit, you're really only considering playing running backs in this game anyway. And I think there are only two worth considering. And one of them, similar to what we were saying about the Vikings, is a guy probably going to do considerably better than the other, but still another guy maybe worth rostering. Those names are Jamar Jefferson, the name you don't need to, you know, start, but at least monitor and potentially stash on your bench, and Jamal Williams, who will definitely, definitely get the lead looks in the absence of DeAndre Swift. Who, because to be honest... Who would you so, rather stash, Kenny Wongwu or Jamar Jefferson? I would much rather stash for Jamar Jefferson. Interesting. Because Nguangwu, like, he's a very talented athlete, but for much of his college career, he he was a special teams contributor. He didn't really do a whole lot for offensive purposes. This is something he's still going to have to develop at the pro level, which is why I'm a little more interested in him long-term. Whereas Jamar Jefferson coming out of Oregon State, I mean – Shit, he was, you know, albeit not the fastest guy in the world, but a very, very efficient runner for a long time on a college team that didn't have a very good offensive line, but st he still made the best of his work anyway. I liked him a considerable, not, not a considerable, but a fair amount coming into the draft process. Of the two, I believe that Jamar Jefferson is the more talented player, and I also like his opportunity a little better because Alexander Madison really is just that good. So, I mean... You know, and plus DeAndre Swift, if I remember correctly, and what I'm about to say, this could also make a case for Dalvin Cook as well, because I'm sure he's high on this list. But DeAndre Swift, third most snaps played of any running back in the NFL this year. They can't replace him all with one guy. Whereas, I mean, the Vikings have shown in the past when Dalvin Cook is out, they tend to just give it to one guy. Hence, my Jamar Jefferson. That's that's my thing, though. That's my sure. thing. Can't speak for anyone else. Fair enough. Anything else to add on this game? Um, if you're because I mean, stash, again, the receivers. Yeah. If you're so. looking to stash a wide receiver, I'd maybe stash uh, Josh Reynolds. I don't think I'd play him this game unless you were truly desperate, um, and you might have bigger problems if you're truly that desperate. Uh, He's got chemistry as much as anyone can have chemistry with Jared Goff. He did have a pretty good week last week. They brought him in kind of specifically for this reason. He's just someone, you know, if it turns out to be the real deal, he'd be good to have stashed on your bench for the playoff run. Yeah. And, you know, like for as awful as it has been trying to predict that passing attack this year, at least he and Goff played together in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? It's just yep, like that's the only reason I feel comfortable at all about it. If they didn't yeah. have that history, I wouldn't feel comfortable with any of them. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, I've got I've got Reynolds stashed a few different places just in case. But other than that, and the, well, I mean, I guess the obligatory shout out to TJ Hawkinson strictly due to volume, <laughs> but like yeah. it's it's not the greatest matchup in the world, but. At any rate, that kind of feels like everything that needs to be discussed yep. for this game. Uh, good we, on. we got ourselves Eagles versus Jets, baby. The team's in green. Yeah. Woo. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, well, we get Zach Wilson again, so that, that could be fun. Or at least probably, as far as I'm aware, he's, his health is still fine. 
the last I saw that if things were going well, but Corey Davis, you know, still, you know, dealing with that groin, that's been really affecting him a lot this year. That's something to point out. And then as far as the Eagles go, I mean, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and rookie Devontae Smith didn't practice on Wednesday. Now, again, you know, you're going to have more information about this ahead of Sunday. Just continue to track that in case any updates, you know, float out there, which there will be because, you know, the NFL is a widely covered and reported upon sport. But at any rate, throwing that out there anyway. Um, yeah. Anything about this game in particular jump out to you? Um, Boston Scott, maybe. Jordan yeah. Howard, again, not practicing. Miles Sanders, limited risk of re-injury. Boston Scott, though, he also didn't practice, but at least his thing's an illness. So if he can get over that in time, the Jets are a great matchup. I think he's the one that intrigues me the most, frankly, between the two teams. Because um, with the Jets, I kind of know who I'm interested in, and it's two players. That's really and, it. And who would those players be? Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. That's it. Those are the yeah. only guys from the Jets I want to play. I don't want the running backs. Like we had our fun flirtation with Ty Johnson, a player who just time and time again, like just doesn't impress me. Um, so I'm I'm ready to just be done with that. Yeah, Sometimes he's... you don't need a piece of a backfield. Yeah, Ty Johnson's been very ineffective without like running behind Michael Carter is the only thing that he does well. You know, like when that's not a factor and, you know, he's doing mop-up duty for considerably worse players. I mean, like, shit, Austin Walter. We didn't even know who this guy was, you know what I mean? And he's the one that scores the touchdown. So, like, yeah, dude, fuck. Oh, my God. There was there was some kind of, like, low-key flirtation with the Jets backfield for some people last week. You know, but, like, I think we learned our lesson there, yep, <laughs> you know? I'm and... There's two backfields I have fully moved on from, and the Jets are one of them. We'll get to what the other one is later in the show. Gotcha. So, I mean, until Michael Carter comes back, if Michael Carter comes back, we anticipate he will, but hey, you never know. Uh, Yeah, just fuck it. You don't have to deal with it. It really doesn't matter. Um, As far as the rest of the Eagles go, I mean, they're playing the Jets. So, I mean, like, I mean... If Jalen Hurts is ready to go, seems like he's dealing with an ankle thing. You're definitely playing him anyway. That's not a question. Um, although he has been slightly more inconsistent of late, but again, he's still the dude. It's the Jets. Um, it's the Jets. <laughs> so, like... I'm willing to play Devonta Smith as well. If he's yeah. able to go, he's dealing with an illness as well. Um, though, I think he's definitely more wide receiver three territory than wide receiver two. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, at times he's definitely popped off, but I mean, like at least he has the well, talent to get it done. His route running is excellent. Like he has a connection with Jalen hurts. Um, I don't think his lack of reductions really been much his fault, but it has been there. Yeah. And especially because I mean, like the lack of talent around him to take attention away from him has been Jalen <laughs> Rieger. What? Oh, yeah. Wow. Jeez. Mm, well, ugh, that was weird. <laughs> but um, All yeah. I mean, like, just picking Jalen Rieger. I'm like oh, over boy. Justin oh, Jefferson. 
Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh God. Oh, oh, oh. Jr. If only they could go back in time. Maybe that was it. Anyways, uh, Dallas Goddard, probably the only other name. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you, 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 you feel good about moving on to Cardinals versus Bears? Uh, yeah, I think the only other thing I'd maybe consider, uh, if you're in need of a kicker, Jake Elliott has been playing well and Jets are a good matchup. I dig the vibe. All right. Hell yeah. That's all I got. Hell yeah. Arizona Cardinals at Chicago Bears. Are we going to see DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray this week? I don't I know. Think so. <laughs> I fucking hope so. I, I, I think not. so. They both have actually practiced this week. So I think that's a good sign. Trending in the right direction. But, you know, if we've learned anything from just keep watching it, keep att- pay attention to these injury reports throughout the week, y'all. Like this shit, you got to know these things, man. But yes, like that, that's definitely looking good. Uh, I also saw something about how Chase Edmonds likely not to return until week 14. Just something yes. to throw out there. Um, so, hey, James Conner, keep doing your thing, baby boo. And then for the Bears, I mean, gosh, this, the injuries, man. Okay. <laughs> Cole Komet, Allen Robinson. And then, I mean, Justin Fields still limited with his rib issues, but I mean, he appears to be back on track to start. But even if he is playing, the Cardinals defense is really good. I don't know that you consider Justin Fields outside of Superflex anyway. So, I mean, my biggest note that I just want to throw out there is Darnell to the fucking Mooney, man. Because if I remember, I I wrote about this in my article for uh, the trade deadline guide that I did over at Football Absurdity. Over the last four games played, Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver 10 in PPR. Dude, I like to be honest, the health of Allen Robinson is a little irrelevant to me because Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one on this team. He just is. And he's absolutely balling out, despite the fact that it's gone back and forth a quarterback between, you know, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. Just, but like this dude continues to get it done, son. I don't even care that the Cardinal secondary is a little tough. Darnell Mooney just gets fed the opportunity and he really just seems to find a way to get it done. I love the guy. Yeah. I, I think you can still probably get away with playing him. Um, even when he puts up lines like five of 16, he still got like a ton of points in that one. Cause he had 121 yards, but that's just wild to me. 16 targets, only five catches. <laughs> Fucking. Oh my God. Right. Oh, well, but. I mean, as far as the rest of the Bears, it's really just the David Montgomery play at yep. running back. That Because, I mean, with all these other guys limited and shit, I mean, you can't really say anything about Cole Komet. As, but even if even if he were to play, I mean, I don't know that you'd really consider him much this week anyway. So that's all I really have to say about that team. It's just those two guys. And then the Cardinals, fuck, if everyone's out there, dude. Obviously, you can't wait to fire up Kyler Murray again. You can't wait to fire up D-Hop again. James Conner, probably going to score a touchdown because that just seems like the only thing he does. And anybody else on the Cardinals you feel good about this week? Zach Ertz. I fuck with it. I fuck with it. He's been he's been really good. You know, I think he's a top four fantasy tight end this year. So. 
Yeah, Zach Zach Ertz. Yeah, out here killing it in these streets. Um, I'm sorry, top ten. Uh, still for Zach still, Ertz. Still good. Still good. Let me, let me take a look at it slowly. Okay, since week six, top three. There you go. Yeah. So wheels up, Zach Ertz, and then uh, I think you could probably flex Christian Kirk have him as a wide receiver three, but he's the only other guy I care about. I, I probably won't, but I get why. I get yeah. why you'd go that way. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, nothing, a whole lot going on here. So do you, are you okay with moving on to the Chargers and the Bengals? Uh, yeah. Um, so real quick, while I have a moment, I want to just recap a piece I did last week, the week too early waiver wire. There will still be one coming out this week. Uh, I had an obligation today that I could not get out of, so I did not have time to write the article. Um, quarterback I picked was Tyrod Taylor. If Brandon cooks is healthy, I think you can still potentially roll with Taylor. If Brandon cooks is not healthy, please ignore that advice. Uh, Ty Johnson, ignore that advice. Van Jefferson, Los Angeles Rams. We'll talk about them more a little later, but you know, I think you can still hold that Tyler Conklin, as you already said, definitely a playable option at tight end, uh, Vikings defense, as we've alluded to, you know, Detroit, great matchup and Jake Elliott, who I mentioned earlier, you know, been playing well, gets the jets. Jets are a good matchup. So I just wanted to go back to that piece. Cause I was curious who I recommended and just wanted to really hammer home the, um, please don't play Ty Johnson. And you giving us that recap enabled me to scroll to the proper part of my document to pull up the injuries for this game. So, yo, so many things being accomplished right now. Dude, holy shit, we are a well-oiled machine over here at the lateral. All yeah, right. I see it. Yes, everybody. And hear it. And hear it. <laughs> see what I did? <laughs> so for the Chargers and the Bengals, thankfully, it seems like, I mean, goddamn, as far as at least fantasy football goes, not a whole lot to consider for impact injuries, aside from just a housekeeping note of offensive guard Matt Filer, limited with an ankle injury that does affect things for Austin Eckler and then uh Riley Reef you know with the Bengals on that offensive line you know it's it's a couple of key offensive linemen you know just like maybe not doing a whole lot but other than that as far as the big names on both of these teams go clean bill of health thank god oh not something we see at uh, this time of year for any team um so why don't you tell me about the Bengals how you feeling yeah. about the Bengals yeah, so I'd say the other thing is, like, I feel like for this matchup, we're not really having to think too hard about who to play. For the Bengals, if you have Joe Burrow, you're probably playing Joe Burrow. I mean, you kind of just have to play Joe Burrow, even though it's not necessarily a great matchup on paper. Same with Jamar Chase. I feel like most people who have T. Higgins are going to play T. Higgins. And I'd stay away from Tyler Boyd, which most people are already doing. Joe Mixon, absolutely playable this week. He's been great, and this week he should be great. So, of course, that means he will disappoint because I finally am back on board the bandwagon. But I digress. It is a good matchup for him, and he has been being used a ton. Um, you could consider their defense, but I can tell you that there's probably better options out there. The Bengals' defense has agree. been sneakily good this season. There is talent there. Justin Herbert does make some mistakes. However... Um, you'd be surprised what's out there to stream. I just picked up the Miami Dolphins in the league, and like I, the Dolphins against, uh, we were just talking about the Giants. Like, 
I'd much rather bet on that than the Bengals against the Chargers. Speaking of the Chargers, I feel like we're playing the usual suspects here, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler's Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert's Justin Herbert. I mean, like Mike Williams, you know what you're getting out of him. He has returned to form as just the boom bust guy, but the boom is big enough that I guess it's worth considering. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, uh, just shout out, you know, just Joe Mixon with that. Because, like, the Football Outsiders DVOA, the Chargers are the shittiest run defense possible. So it's, it's just like, yeah. oh, boy. Uh, just for all you uh, stat heads out there, boom. Always fun to drop those facts. But, uh, yeah, no, this this is very straightforward. And, again, uh, actually, well, no, I will give you my – the uh, semi-weekly <laughs> Jared Cook shrug emoji. <laughs> yeah, if the answer- I mean, it could be a Darnold Parham week for all we know. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, it's just it's fun to throw out there because honestly, I'm just I'm just happy that he's still doing things out here, living his best life. You Dude. know what I mean? But uh, that kind of takes care of that. Another simple one, and then that leads us into probably the most confusing injury story of this year <laughs> as far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Atlanta for that division matchup against the Falcons. Could you please tell me what's happening with Antonio Brown? <laughs> There's a real chance that Antonio Brown will not be usable for fantasy football managers the rest of the season. We thought he was going to be coming back this week. It seemed really likely the messaging we were getting from the Bucks was less like, you know what? We let him just rest up. He should be good to go. Then it went to he's probably missing the this week to now he's like probably missing the next two. And this is a team that's going to make a deep playoff run in all likelihood. And they don't care about your fantasy team. It won't shock me if we don't see him really play much, if at all. Yeah. And honestly, and I will say on that note, like, I personally, and maybe I'm speaking for you as well, but just, you know, I I won't, but I don't feel bad recommending him as a trade target like we did anyway, because you probably didn't have to give up that much anyway, and it was just a flyer, you know? Yeah. Like, if he gets healthy. (laughs) If he comes back, he could win you your league. Yeah. So, you know, but... If for any of you out there who may or may not have taken that advice, they're like, well, thanks, idiots. He didn't do anything. It's like, we told you. We told you that was <laughs> like, you know, just getting out in front of that. makes you feel any better. Like, I have Antonio Brown really burning a hole in a roster where I am very much in contention, and it sucks. So I feel oh your pain gosh. if you went and got him. Oh my god, he's been God, my one league with uh, you know like our other friends in the area. I mean, like we only have one IR spot, and it's been Antonio Brown the entire time. Basically, I fucking hate it. Oh, but like I can't justify it because my receivers are thin. Just like whatever. Uh, but you do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin playing receiver for the team, and they're both going to be you know pretty damn good plays this week against. Yep. Like it's a shitty Falcon secondary. You can do a ton against them. And then, I mean, I don't know, like, well, obviously you're playing Tom Brady as well. And then Leonard Fournette, despite the fact that he is the most violently inefficient runner, I think I've seen this season. They just keep feeding him the goddamn ball for some reason. (laughs) So like shit, top five play because the Falcons kind of like I was saying about the pass defense, also a pretty bad run defense. So you feel good about also uh, shout out the Gronk man. 
I mean, he may not be able to get that USAA insurance, but he should be able to get you a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, you're playing the usual suspects in this game. You're playing Brady. You're playing Fournette. You're playing the wide receivers. You're playing Gronk. You're playing suck up. Probably you're playing the defense. Like, oh, definitely the defense. Yeah. Anyone who is a starter, you're basically playing from the Buccaneers in what should be a good matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and I guess the good news for us trying to get through this game real quick is you're really not playing anyone but Cordero Patterson from the Falcons. Maybe confidence. Ooh. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna say this right now. In a 10 team, 10 team league, you can justify dropping Kyle Pitts. Now it has to be for something, you know, like like a key like running back injury or something, and you're just gonna scoop one of those guys or whatever. I think you can get away with that. Any deeper of a league, you can't drop him. But I'm just going to tell you all this right now. In our home league, the two of us together, I have Kyle Pitts and Dawson Knox on that team. Guess who my starting tight end is this week? Hint, it's not Kyle Pitts. Yeah. It it probably shouldn't be. I mean, Patriots aren't like the greatest matchup in the world, but Dawson Knox's role is much more trustworthy than Kyle Pitts's. Yeah, I mean, like, we continuously have to think of Kyle Pitts highly because it's just like, well, the opportunity, the opportunity, the opportunity. But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, and for as much as we at the lateral preach the importance of opportunity, it doesn't matter much seemingly for this offense when the – because the only other weapon that gets any sort of – shit done whatsoever is coming out of the backfield there's nothing to take attention away from Pitts. it's not his fault he's genuinely running very good routes doing all this shit but he's just getting bracketed constantly it's like (laughs) he can't do anything like i am thankful calvin ridley is taking all the time that he needs to deal with his mental health stuff you know, people who want to complain about that like "Eh, it's the falcons fault for not having very good wide receiver depth you know, just God damn, it's brutal. I don't want to play Kyle Pitts the rest of the year, if I'm being honest. I really don't want to. I can't. I can't justify it. Yeah, I get it. I do, but it's bad. 12 teams are deeper. You can't drop him, and it sucks. Yep. <laughs> like, oh. Anyways, but if you don't have one of those higher-end options available to you, and you're choosing between, like, I don't know, Pitts or Evan Ingram or something, or Pitts or CJ Uzoma. Like, yeah, you're still you're still gonna play Pitts. The only the only reason I brought it up is just because there are people who maybe have a decent pivot. If you have a pivot that's within the top 12 or even top 14 or so, I would extend it that far. You could justify it. I feel like we've talked about the Falcons longer than they deserve. So I think the cutoff um, is like Hunter Henry, Jared Cook. Uh, probably about the cutoff of the, do I play Kyle Pitts or not? I would put that cutoff at Hunter Henry. Okay. Yeah. But it's about right. Actually, actually, even I will say if Darren Waller isn't a go this week, there is part of me that kind of feels better about Foster Moreau. Oh, there's more than part of me. I would play Foster Moreau over Kyle Pitts if Darren Waller's out. Yeah. Foster Moreau for me will be a top three tight end if Darren Waller's out. And we will... And we will get to that one after this game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams. 
Uh, we talked a lot about James Robinson as a guy that we thought would be a really good idea to trade for at the trade deadline for redraft players. Although this week's matchup against the Rams, probably not the thing we were trying to sell you on because it's tough. But based off of volume alone, you're going to feel good about playing James Robinson anyway. Anybody that catches the ball for the Jacksonville Jaguars, do they do they intrigue you <laughs> at all? No, we I can't really even get just, through it. We should just move on to the Rams. You should not be playing anyone from the Jacksonville Jaguars not named James Robinson. And the Los Angeles Rams. How are you feeling about the Los Angeles Rams players this week outside of Cooper Cup? Because it's so painfully obvious that it's not even worth saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, wheels up on Van Jefferson. You know, uh, he's definitely, he was my pick for a week too early. Waiver wire looking at this week, you know, he's the wide receiver three. He's getting over five targets a game. He's a good deep threat. Stafford can get him the ball. He can bring in the ball. Like Odell Beckham could be dealing with an injury during the game. He could pick up an injury during the game for all we know. Like it's a great matchup. I'm, I'm willing to play Van Jefferson for sure. God, I fucking I love Van Jefferson, dude. He's so good. He's so He's good. Great. Oh man. And then um I hope things continue to uh go well for uh you know Daryl Henderson. Uh is I mean he's been dealing with injuries, you know, lately. I think he missed one game there, or like at least one. most of one. Yeah, but I don't know. By everything I can tell, he's healthy. I'm going to double-check real quick. Okay, he sat out of practice with a thigh injury on Wednesday. Okay. I think he's going to play. Yeah. And and I really hope so. I mean, because it's, it's a great matchup for him. But just keep an eye on that. I also kind of expect him to play as well. But if something were to happen to, you know, Daryl Henderson relative to him not being able to play, I think Sony Michelle would be an excellent plug-and-play just because of the matchup. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, shit, I don't really care about Tyler Higby. So nope, those of you that are still holding, people still hold on to that for some reason, you know? I don't I don't get it. He's still ranked, like, within streaming consideration on a weekly basis, and I, just, I can't get there. I can't get there at all. It doesn't nope. make sense to me. Nope. And, we'll uh, move on so we can just tell people to go get Foster Moreau instead? Although before we move on, I do want to mention the fact that in one of my leagues, for some reason, the Rams defense got dropped on their bye. <laughs> I feel so good about that. Oh, man. Oh, I feel fucking great That's about wild. picking them up. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, I picked them up, and I feel like a fucking million bucks. Uh, all right, so the Washington football team going all the way out to Las Vegas. The floor is yours if you want to just really hammer that point home again because I co-signed. Okay, maybe not to the extreme that you do, but regardless, tell everybody what I they mean, need. I mean, Foster to. Moreau has done well whenever he's been asked to fill in for Darren Waller. They use the tight end. They believe in Foster Moreau's talent. They just obviously believe in Darren Waller's more, and why shouldn't they? Darren Waller has been a great tight end. Um, he's plug and play as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, he'll probably produce like slightly less, but like, the ability for a touchdown is there, no question. The target should be there. Foster Moreau is available in your league, and you have a roster spot. You can burn to stash him. You should, because if Darren Waller is out, Foster Moreau is absolutely a tight end one this week. 100%. The only reason I you know, prefaced it with that is because I think you said top three. I can't go there, but and still within I the top 12 for sure. Stand by top three. 
And that's and that is a perfectly reasonable position to hold. I'm here for. I, I mean, I think, I, I think genuinely, genuinely, mate. Okay, maybe top four: Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle. Yep, that's it. Uh, Kelsey, I w- I feel better about Andrews because I mean he does a pretty good job of playing against my boys. I'm not gonna lie, he really okay, does. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I get that. You know. I think Washington's that, a bit better matchup. I think Moreau's done well whenever he's been asked to fill in, but I get that. Yeah, and I and like and I, I I completely agree with your assessment of just like any Foster Moreau's fucking built, dude. He's a great athlete. I feel like he would be a really good starting option if he played for a different team. I mean, it's I part really of why like I always him. get worried about Darren Waller's long term outlook in Las Vegas because he, as good as he is from a scheme perspective, feels utterly replaceable. Yeah. You know what? From Not from dynasty. a perspective, but yeah. like for just from like the Raiders could probably play Foster Moreau and not be any worse. That is, that is, we're not really a dynasty unit here, but that's a really interesting. To, I, we should look into that just as a fun project. I think that would be I've fun re- to I've look into. I've about him before this season. He's someone that Fuck you should yeah. be taking a look at for sure. Hell yes. Oh, man. Bringing you all that um, shit you need to know. Uh, Titans yeah. you should look at. Want to just move on to Washington, or is there anyone from the Raiders you really need to get into? I mean, I feel like we're playing Carr. We're playing Jacobs. We're not trusting any of the wide receivers not named Hunter Renfro. Um, yeah. So the only thing I really want to talk about in this game actually doesn't really have to do with the Raiders at all. It's really the Washington football team because JD McKissick's neck injury seems serious enough that we are now going to have to contemplate, does this result in Antonio Gibson getting a massive workload or does somebody have to step up and split that with him? Because there are some theories that I've, you know, discussed recently with some pals about, um, would it be Jarrett Patterson or cor- could they potentially use the skill of Curtis Samuel to possibly replicate that if J.D. McKissick were to miss time? Because if J.D. JD McKissick missed time, J.D. McKissick's neck injury is a concussion, is not a neck injury. Well, last I read about it, they categorized it as a neck injury. So, so thank he's you for the officially, update. He's officially listed on the injury report as of today with a concussion. He still did not awesome. practice. I don't know if he's entered the protocol. I imagine he has to have technically entered the protocol. Yes. But, you know, like, yeah, okay. it's a concussion. All right. I appreciate the update. Um, yeah. Well, also, because yeah, it, it, it changes the nature of how we treat it as well. So it's just like it could be a little bit faster than. But either way, I think that's something that has to be considered. Although now that I know it's simply, well, simply just a concussion. I don't mean to say it flippantly, but you know what I mean? Like, so, it might not be a rest of season thing. It still could force him to miss this week. Uh, To your point about Samuel, I don't know that Samuel's integrated enough into the offense yet to then like kind of turn him into a gadget guy like that. Got you. So in that regard, again, probably one of the, we've talked a lot about running back stashes so far this episode. Would Jarrett Patterson be one for you? Uh, Yeah, I think it's tough because you need McKissick to, be out there are other guys i would stash ahead of him like boston scott who we talked about i would have ahead of jared patterson but like jared patterson is someone that could definitely see some work with jd mckissick out the only thing i would say is when last we saw jared patterson ceiling work from antonio gibson the work share that gibson was getting was not quite what he's getting currently 
So I think things have shifted as far as the dynamic of the Washington offense goes. So I don't think it's such a thing where like last time it was like, oh man, may get like even 50% of the rushing work, you know, like, wow, this is ridiculous. It's, I, I'm not expecting that, but they may use him to spell Gibson. So of these stashes that we have discussed, if you were to rank them, Boston Scott, Kenny Nguangwu, Jamar Jefferson, Jarrett Patterson. Probably in that order, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think as we discussed, I would flip Jefferson and Nguangwu, but otherwise I'm with you on one and four. Jarrett Patterson is still my lowest priority of them. Boston Scott, if things go well, would be the highest priority. Well, well, relative to his situation, obviously I'm not rooting for I have the, a, you know, I have a league where I some believe, other players. But, I have a league where yeah. I believe I'm going to have to play Boston Scott. Like, I think that, I have one that's too. Where I'm yeah. at where, that's where I'm at with on him. I don't think I can say that about the other guys. Well, there you go. All right. Something worth considering for sure. Um, then we get into, oh, here we go. We're going to get back-to-back areas of expertise. What up? And we will start with mine. Oh, my God. Oh, gee. okay. Look, I'm looking forward to this game as a fan, but I'm also not looking forward to this game because I am such a fan. The Ravens and the Steelers is a fucking bloodbath every goddamn time they take the field. And I will tell you, just over the years, this is one of those areas where, man, the Ravens have done a really good job of stepping up against Steelers receivers, so much so to the point that the one I have the most confidence in is still going to be Deontay Johnson based off of volume. I think they would be able to do a pretty decent job of shutting down Claypool. I would look to pivot away from Claypool if you have an option available to you. Also worthy of pointing out, regardless of you know how difficult it is and the fact that these teams are very good at scheming against one another, Pat Fryermuth has received more red zone opportunities in the last few weeks than running back Najee Harris. That is something worth keeping in mind, no matter how weird you feel about the matchup for it. Fryermuth is being trusted, and at times in the past, the tight end for the Steelers has been the key to victories, or at least staying competitive against the Baltimore Ravens, and I stand by that assessment. I am not fearful of it whatsoever. That said, we've seen a little bit of a frustrating, you know, recent history from, you know, Najee relative to scoring points, but you know, they're going to have to wear that defense down. It's the same thing that's been the justification for him all along. It's the volume. You're going to play him anyway. But even though I did recommend Ben Roethlisberger as a cheap, 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 if you're just super cheap guy, you might want to look at because the matchups for his rest of season schedule are going to be good. I never want to play this motherfucker against the Ravens. I don't even care if they're going to be at home. That's all I got to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, I get where you're coming from with that. That all makes sense. Um, my only question really would be, I've heard some people out there suggesting that Najee may get, Najee may get put on bubble wrap and Benny Snell, we talk about stashes. Do you have any interest in stashing Benny Snell? No, I really don't. I really, the only reason that Najee is able to do so well 
with this volume running behind such an inconsistent, but still objectively speaking, growing, still bad offensive line is. <clears throat> oh, wish I could have muted faster. He's really good. Najee's really, really good. I don't. I I've I've gone back and forth about how I feel about Benny Snell, but the fact that it's no, I I can't do it. I I couldn't justify it. I agree with you, and it's for largely the same reasons. But basically, here's my case. Say that Benny Snell does become the starter because they do put Najee on bubble wrap. I'm taking that whole prisoner's dilemma out of the equation. They've yes. done it. Okay. Najee's struggling, and Najee is much better than Benny Snell, as you've mentioned. Not only is not Najee much better than Benny Snell, Benny Snell's not particularly good. That line is bad. The volume, like we have seen some people like this, and we're about to get in to a team where remember it's like I'm like, there's two backfields that I really want no part of. Well, the next game we're talking about is the Niners and Seahawks. Seahawks backfield, I don't want any part of because it doesn't matter if you get 10 opportunities, you can't produce Jack with them. And I think Benny Snell would be the same thing. He'd get 15 opportunities, he's not going to produce Jack with them. So I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, man. Like, I I love this team to death, but God, it's been just a slow <laughs> march to death <laughs> of the recent history of, you know, like, it, it's the death of the Ben era. It just, it is. Like, it's you finally coming. Rings, right? Yes. Yeah, and we it's made it to a third, worst. lost to Aaron Rodgers. You know, like, it's it's unfortunate, but. Still two rings. You know what I mean? That Two wins and one loss, I'm fucking here for. It's been swell from the time I was nine years old through most of my recent life. It's been it's been good. But uh, I, I do just want to quickly run through the key injuries on the Ravens' defense because this could be a huge difference maker. Follow this along as far as like the rest of the week goes because Anthony Averett, the cornerback, incredibly good. Also, really reliable IDP option I found for those of you out there um, that do that. Uh, also, uh, Calais Campbell and Patrick Queen, Jim, uh, Jimmy Smith, all either not practicing or limited. So, I mean, that could make a difference and make me feel a little bit better about some of these guys, but my analysis is largely similar, regardless of personnel. And then on the Ravens side of the things, where are we thinking? Lamar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Joe Hayden's still a little up in the air, but if Joe Hayden were to be out there, I feel good about his ability to contain Marquise Brown somewhat. Still viable-ish, but I would downgrade him if Hayden's him out there. still have receiver three territory probably, right, though? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Bateman. He's a, he's a free 10 points. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now the real question because this is a volume versus matchup thing. Devonta Freeman appears to be the starting running back for the Ravens. I think that much is pretty much out of dispute. In theory, the Steelers are a bad matchup for running backs, though they just got gashed like two weeks in a row. Are you playing Devonta Freeman? I will feel... It... No. I'm getting a begrudging no. yes. Not with not with confidence. Not with confidence. Okay. Okay. I I guess I would, but it would not yes. be. Yeah. And then uh, 
it, kind of like I was saying earlier about Mark Andrews, he's my personal tight end one on the week, just because I feel he's just gonna he's gonna obliterate my dudes. <laughs> I mean, he's a tight, he's a top twelve tight end regardless. You should be playing Mark Andrews every week. I, I agree, but just like I just really want to hammer home my pessimism. Nope. <laughs> like, I, I, a, I totally get that. Yeah, he's he's gonna do so well. <laughs> like, Oh God, especially because fucking Minka Fitzpatrick just oh god. At times he's great, but at times he's really struggling. And then also like fucking Robert Spillane might be a little whatever. Okay, we're good. I've talked enough about my boys. We have a lot to talk about in terms of your boys too, because you know the Niners got some shit going on too. So I'm just gonna hand it over to you on that one. Okay, so let me scroll down. I honestly, I think the real big injury to keep an eye on, of course, is the Debo Samuel injury i'm just making sure nothing else here has slipped in through the cracks because i think like you know elijah mitchell is he even still on here he's not okay so yeah so as far as injuries go jamichael hasty might show up but he's not playable uh trey sermon is somehow questionable i swore didn't he get thrown on ir um i mean even if he is healthy i mean he's not playable (laughs) it doesn't matter uh okay Muhammad Sanu might return. Why would that be relevant? Well, because Debo Samuel is doubtful for week 13. And I think it does look like he will miss this game. That being said, I'm staying away from Muhammad Sanu. I'm staying away from Juwan Jennings because it is all sorts of wheels up for Brandon Ayuk. This is absolutely Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, these guys are going to go off. They are going to have a great day. This Seattle team is terrible. You want to talk about blowups? The Giants are done. This is the last season for that team. I think the Seahawks are right there with them. I think the Seahawks (laughs) are done. I think it's getting blown up. I cannot imagine a world where Wilson, Schneider, and Carroll are all part of that organization come week one of next year. I just cannot. Um, yeah, I, I feel very confident about this game. I think we're the better team. I think we're playing like the better team. I think we're actually playing like one of the better teams in the league right now. And again, we've just got some offensive guys that should be able to dominate. Despite those offensive guys being able to dominate, I would still stay away from Jimmy Garoppolo. While we had a nice little run there, he proved last week why he's just not the most fantasy reliable, though. The one thing I would say is if you are desperate, he's actually particularly bad against Minnesota. Something I didn't realize until looking back on the game. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a demon that he's had. I've read a couple great articles from The Athletic about it. And so, like, maybe it was just a bad game. So, if you're truly desperate, but again, like, the game's in Seattle. You know, that 12th man still is it's like, you know, I just would avoid Jimmy Garoppolo if you can. Right, fair fantasy. enough. Yeah. I think he still definitely gets us the window problem. Oh, and Robbie Gould. Play Robbie Gould, like I had discussed on the waiver show. Hey, I picked him up as my kicker a couple different places. Hey, you know, we practice what we preach here, all right? Hey. Um, 
Yeah, and just I guess on the Seattle side, uh, just housekeeping for the sake of news to hammer home your point about what you were saying about the running backs. DJ Dallas did okay against the Washington football team on Monday. Alex Collins didn't, and these people still brought in Adrian Peterson to the practice squad, which means he's probably going to get elevated to the active roster. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! You, you, You hear this sound? You hear that sound? That is the sound of me washing my hands of the Seattle Seahawks backfield. I'm done, done. I want nothing to do with it. The fact that they brought in Adrian Peterson, a guy that could not cut it for the Tennessee Titans, who would love nothing more than to have a veteran guy who can run the ball. It's just like, I can't imagine a world in which Adrian Peterson's better than Alex Collins. And Alex Collins has not been good. Yeah, it's, it's been particularly bad. I mean, like DJ Dallas is a guy in deeper deeper only for ppr scoring half ppr standard i want none of them the only one i even consider because like for example i am in a 14 team ppr league that has like a couple flexes and we start two running backs he he flirts with being an option and even then that's not great so in a a standard size yeah and like it but either way yeah in a standard ish size league I couldn't care less about Here's the only situation in which I want a Seattle running back. In Dynasty, I'm scooping up DJ Dallas shares because I want to see what happens next year. It's a total rebuild. He's actually, like, flashed a little. Who knows what's going on with Chris Carson's injury? Like, his career could be over. It yeah, because like. if you're out that long with some neck shit, I mean, mean, semi-unrelated, but... Yeah, but we saw what happened with Peyton Manning when he had to deal with that shit. I mean, like a neck injury is a neck injury, man. I mean, fuck that. You can't yeah. fuck with that. And Rashad Penny, I we're expecting he won't be back next year, if that's correct. They declined his fifth year option, so I and mean, so it would be weird if they re-signed him, especially if they were to rebuild. Wouldn't make a ton of sense. No, Alex Collins don't see a reason why he would need to come back, especially if Pete Carroll's no longer there. Like. Dallas is someone that's like, you know, just scoop it up because it won't cost you anything. If you're wrong, you just cut bait. I'm um, with it. Yeah. But let's move on to the night game. Uh, teensy little note about, uh, you know, it took us three quarters of the year, but perhaps Gerald Everett might be decent. Ha ha. Woohoo. Lately, I perhaps. Mean, yeah, only, uh, only decent, though. It's my, that's my big qualifier. Um, yeah. So we get the Sunday night game between, uh, you know, maybe not super, like not a ton to talk about for fantasy, but like just low key, real, like real quick so. on the Gerald Everett note, the San Francisco 49ers are the fourth worst matchup for opposing tight ends in terms of fantasy points. I mean, yeah, but we've we've discussed some of the, you know, it it it, it it's not the greatest news in the I, world. But I would just, not, I would personally not play him this week, even if he is trending in the right direction. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. And I mean, he's ranked to such an ECR, you know, like probably more of a stash and see. Um, but yeah, so Broncos, uh, Broncos, wow. <laughs> Broncos Chiefs Sunday night game. Uh, again, not a lot to talk about for fantasy necessarily, but I will say uh, my brother made a comment in passing about how it's just like, wow, really? This is, you know, like what a matchup, like sarcastically. But uh, pulling the car over aside for a couple seconds here the real life implications of this game are actually pretty interesting considering the fact that the Broncos are still only a game back or whatever, They're at least in terms five. of five. They're a winning yeah, team. 
Yeah, I mean, like, dude, the AFC West is, like, weirdly close. The real-life ramifications of this are massive. I just wanted to throw that out there. Whatever you had to say about this game, you know, and, like, is it going to be interesting or not? Fuck yeah, it is! You know what I mean? (laughs) The entire AFC West has a winning record. Fucking insane, dude. I'm actually really excited about watching this just as a fan of football. Like, dude, And (laughs) do you know which team in the AFC West has the best point differential? Honest to God, I do not. It's the Denver Broncos, actually. They have one more net point than the Kansas City Chiefs. They've had a favorable schedule. If we're being <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, that, that early season stretch was just fucking yeah. insane. But, yeah. And a bit stronger defense. So, it's like the real difference there is the Kansas City Chiefs 250 points allowed. The Denver Broncos 196. So yeah. the Denver Broncos have been one of the better teams in terms of points allowed. Uh, in fact, only the New England Patriots and Buffalo Bills have been better. Hey, and what do you know? That's the game we're talking about next between the two of them. But um, yeah, so we I feel like we did a good job of setting the table. So if we're going to sit down and eat for fantasy, um, you know, something that I've talked about a lot and, you know, like also we've talked about a lot just, you know, as a duo doing a podcast, um, you know, it doesn't matter if Javante Williams, quote unquote, overtakes Melvin Gordon in the backfield or not. Both guys are going to be viable no matter what. Both guys are incredibly good. It is what it is. Although Melvin Gordon's shoulder slash hip had him sitting out of practice on Wednesday. So that's kind of a big thing going off in my head because as far as I knew for the rest of the week, you know, prior to this recording, things were fine. So maybe that's, you know, this could be the quote unquote Javante Williams breakout people have been, you know, hoping for just something to keep an eye on. But either way, you're probably going to play both guys if they're both healthy. And then I don't know. I mean, Broncos receivers, this is a genuine question because, like, for as talented as that group is, it's been extremely frustrating to parse through for fantasy purposes throughout the entire course of this entire season. And as far as expert consensus goes on, you know, fantasy pros right now, Jerry Judy, wide receiver 29, Cortland Sutton 33, and then Tim Patrick 43. I mean, that kind of tells you we can't really figure out who we like the best because they're all so close together and even then they're kind of lower down those rankings despite the fact that the chief secondary pretty fucking bad so if you were to recommend any well even that actually if i remember correctly i think Noah fans outside the top 12 tight ends so anybody that teddy's throwing the ball to what do you think <laughs> yeah i think for, i think for the three wide receivers i'm willing to play any of them as like a flex or a wide receiver three I'd say more so a flex for Tim Patrick. I think I can maybe find a better wide receiver three. Um, but I mean, even between kind of Judy and Sutton. Yeah. But even between Judy and Sutton, though, I mean, that's. They're both I, they're both lower end wide receiver threes for me. All right. Yeah, cause Just because you can't you can't know which one's going to pop off. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm not even going to bother putting it you or anybody else ever on the spot about picking between the two because I think it's just a shitty question to ask. <laughs> just like I, it's I it's honestly I'm picking whichever one I have. So like I've got Cortland Sutton in a couple leagues. I'm playing Cortland Sutton. 
You know, if I yeah. had Jerry Judy, I'd be playing Jerry Judy. If I had both, I guess I'd rethink what I've done with my life. But you know. yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's fair enough. But in all due due seriousness, I think that's how I have it. Like Judy and Sutton, you can play them. They're probably low-end wide receiver threes or flexes. Tim Patrick is a low-end flex. Noah Fant's someone that you probably have to play if you have them. But there's guys like, you know, Pat Fryermuth I'd much rather play. Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, you know, even Tyler Conklin. Uh, yeah. and then the running backs, you can play them both. No problem. You're not going to play yeah. the quarterback and the chiefs, you know, who you're playing. And that takes us, I guess, into what we were saying about those two teams, you know, in that little category earlier being the Patriots and the bills. The biggest note is that even though this was expected, uh, Travis white, the all pro cornerback for the bills has been formally placed on injured reserve. He will not play the rest of the season, which is a fairly substantial blow to a Bills secondary that has allowed the fewest points to opposing fantasy receivers and half PPR scoring. I don't know where they're at in PPR, but that's just what fantasy pros pulls up in their chart. So, I mean, still going to be a difficult matchup as their safeties are pretty good and like their other corners aren't terrible. But at the same time, Tredavious White's Tredavious White, man. I mean, he's like a shutdown type of dude out there. That's something to keep in mind. Um, I don't where I was sourcing my information from for injuries doesn't have anything about the <laughs> either the Bills or the Patriots. So I'm kind of shooting in the dark on this one. I'll Google it quickly while you look for something. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I have this CBS. Does the CBS one really not have the Patriots or the Bills? I, I don't uh, see it. And I feel like such Buffalo a... here. Buffalo, Tredavious White. John Feliciano, Tommy Doyle, Reggie Gillum, uh, Justin Zimmer, Brian Cox. So, you know, they're injured on defense a bit. Uh, And then the Patriots. Scrolly, scrolly, scroll, scroll. Uh, Oh, such good content here. Yeah. (laughs) Good thing it's an audio format. Uh, Okay. So, (laughs) J.J. Taylor, you're not really worried about that anyway. James White, obviously, on injury reserve. Oh, man, that one still stinks a little. There's not really, I think, a big injury that you're worried about in this one, other than the Bills' defense will be a little worse than it has been in the past. Despite that, I basically want to play no one from the Patriots other than Damian Harris, if I'm being truly honest. I think you could get away with Kendrick Bourne as flex consideration just because of his role recently. You could. Um, That doesn't mean I want to. Yeah, and, and that's why I chose the words get away with, you know, not something I'm advocating for. But, you know, it's just if you had to, I, I, I think there just are like worse you could, Desperation, you know, maybe Ramondre Stevenson just because who knows, you know, maybe the Patriots will find a way to expose the Bills defense a bit. It's happened a couple times this season, like. Kansas City put up 120 rush yards on them. Tennessee, 146. The Colts, 264. But, you know, that was Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor for two of those three games. So yeah. And I'd yeah, probably cause... still avoid Ramondre Stevenson as much as I love him. And even then, Damian Harris, I'm going with him just because of volume. And even then, I think it's fair to bring the volume into question because it's been a little wonky with the split between the two of them recently anyway. You know what I mean? And it's just like, fuck. I mean, I agree with you that you play Damian Harris, but I'm not feeling amazing about it. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm I just I mentioned that because I'm feeling less and less confident as I'm going along because I got to say I've rostered him a lot this year on my redraft teams and it's just like fuck dude. <laughs> my god. I'd put it this way. I would love it if I had another option. But if I don't yeah. I'm still going to play him. Yeah, I mean like they're both RB2 lower end RB2 flexish. You know, because while the Bills defense is the definition of boom bust defense, you know, like you said, you know, when they've truly quote unquote busted, it's been against vastly more talented running backs than the two of them. Not to take anything away from them, but it's just like you said, those two names are pretty fucking spectacular names. So, um, yeah. And then also just like the other thing about the Patriots is just I don't give a shit who they play. Uh, that defense is fucking absurd. Uh, so for the Bills. Um, I, it's a good transition from what I just said into the bills because, you know, Matt Breida has been looking good. He's probably the bills running back. I trust the most going forward, but at least in my opinion, you seem to say no, but it's still the Patriots defense. He might be the one I'm willing to trust, but I'm not willing to trust either. I've, I've wanted to stay away from the bills backfield since the off season. Uh, that has not changed now that they are relying on Matt Breida for production. And, like, I know we've differed in the past about our opinions of the guy, but even then, like, so for context, expert consensus rankings has Singletary and Breida back-to-back at 29 and 30. If the expert consensus can't fucking tell you who they're picking, why should we tell you who we're picking or even recommend either of them? That's a pretty big red flag. I think ESPN for the projections and PPR last week before Zach Moss was the healthy scratch had them all projected a score like 7.9 to 7.5 points. Exactly. Anytime that those projections are so close together for a group, it just tells you they don't fucking know and neither should you. Therefore, if you have something that makes you feel better, that's less of a question mark, pivot to it. Honest to God, a call back to something we were saying earlier, because that is something we are very good at doing here on this program. I'd rather play Boston Scott over both of them. I would too. So, yeah, just throwing that out there. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a really big note as far as how we're treating the Bills. Because at this point, it's the thing you only feel confident in are the people involved in the passing attack, which has been largely true of the Bills in the past. Because, you know, the whole argument with it always being, well, the goal line back is the guy who throws the ball too. Josh Allen. And then, you know, but even then for this week, you got to downgrade those receivers a little bit because once again, saying it, I think for either the third or fourth time so far, New England's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I'm really, I think I'm really only dying to play Josh Allen, uh, Dawson Knox and Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And like, I'm worried that if the Belichickian uh, take away a team's best weapon thing, uh, it comes to fruition that honestly, between Diggs and Knox, I weirdly feel more confident about Knox. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from there. I think Stefan Diggs possibly good enough to still be okay, even with Belichick's tendency to do that, especially just yeah, probably, given yeah. you know Josh Allen talented enough, the offense decent enough. But, you know, it's not like the Atlanta Falcons where it's just Matt Ryan throwing to Kyle Pitts and praying. Oh, for sure. You know, but that's why I think no, I get like, where you're coming from. Yeah, because like Stefan Diggs being ECR wide receiver four, I that treat him as a wider. Guy. I treat him as a wide receiver too this week. I do. 
Yeah, I get that. Not like he's super true. far down, but I still downgrade him more than he's that. more of a fringe wide receiver one for me, I think. Yeah. So just either way, temper those expectations because the you know, again, the Belichickian tendency just to do the thing with the thing. Um and that's that's week thirteen. So, you know, a bit of a longer episode, but you know, it's not our fault that there's so many injuries. We can't just do a shorter show and skip over this stuff and give the quality information that we try to give out. So, you know, it is what it is. But at any rate, my name is Herms on Twitter at Herms NFL. You can find me here. You can find me at Football Absurdity. You can find me at the Rumboys Fantasy Network. You can find me at 32-Bit doing things that are not even remotely related to football. And then uh, the Fantasy Pros News Desk. That is what I do. I publish some injury updates. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to uh, help you guys out on Saturday. Because I'll be dropping, I'll be covering that shift, you know, a little bit later in the night. So any of that sort of late breaking news, I'll have you covered. Keep your phones open, open, unlocked, screen, whatever. Uh, your turn. <laughs> well, flip flip phones are kind of back. You know, people are people want the nostalgia of the dumb phone. Though I feel like the dumb phone, it's more like the Nokia bricks that are kind of in style. But like True. Samsung's now making those foldable phones, so you could unfold. You know, flip it open, whatever you want. There we do. go. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, it's your boy McLateral, aka McLateral FF. On the Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at McLateral FF. You can find me at thelateralff.com. You can find me over at Pro Football Mania this weekend. I'll have an article dropping there. I should have at least an article or two dropping at the lateral this week. Again, things have been a little weird this week. Um, but hoping to get back in the swing of things starting tomorrow uh and that's really it you know we've only got a couple more weeks here before it all comes crashing to a beautifully disastrous end yep and this is normally the part where i just do some like awkward you know cold ending and just say stuff but uh yeah not the time we're too tired we will see y'all yeah we'll 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 see y'all next week (laughs) i sort of thought this Uh, was going to be a bit where like you you were like pretending See, that you were yeah, gonna like, do the I, thing. I thought about it, but I was like, "Look, follow the lateral on Twitter at the lateral FF and check out the website www.thelateralff.com." Beep boop. <laughs>